to the Broadsides Podcast Broadcast. I am your co-host, John. And I am your co-host, Andrew. Palm tree shape. Palm tree? Is that a new thing you're trying out? I'm gonna, well, you know, I was thinking about it. So, like, President Andrew Jackson had Old Hickory. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, I should have my own nickname. Yeah, since you're a Floridian. Right. I'm a Floridian. Like a palm tree sways in the wind. I'm very morally flexible. Hey, you're very morally (laughs) flexible. Well, I like to think that I can, like, see both sides of things. That's not necessarily morally flexible. Like, I have my principles, and I like to think I stick to them, but... You're a mediator. You're I'm good medi- at seeing both sides of a situation. Yeah. So in that regard, I think I'm a little bit morally flexible. But really, I think a good nickname like shouldn't be or shouldn't be created by yourself. So, no, you shouldn't come up with your no. own palm tree nickname. So, so I'll be honest. My I did have a nickname once. What was it? Like back in high school, we had a backyard boxing league for like a few weeks. Like fight club? Not yeah, but with, with boxing a, gloves. You had and a, a Florida, an Italian Floridian fight club. Thinking back, I was probably the only. Italian, Italian, Floridian. They were pl- we were all Floridians. We were all oh, okay. Yeah, this was in uh, Sarasota, so uh, we did backyard boxing with gloves on and stuff. And like, I mean, it, it lasted a few months, not much, but a I was, few months. That's pretty long. I to was have uh, your own fight club. I suppose so. Without uh, somebody's parents finding out. No, we weren't like you know bashing each other to to death. We were you know just boxing each other. But either way, my nickname then was Spaghetti. Spaghetti? Yeah. Because you're so spindly. I would, yeah, I was spindly, and I would just lock my legs. It probably wasn't a good tactic. If, you, sh- you probably shouldn't lock your I don't know much about yeah, boxing, but I lock, locking but, your knees. But I would would swerve, kind of do the rope-a-dope. So, I feel, so, you know, like pasta, I would just kind of flop around. and yeah, So that was my actual, if, if I've, and then that only lasted a few months, that nickname. I've never been called Spaghetti. After that, you never <laughs> after insisted that. on that no. when you went to high school or no. college. But that was the only nickname that was actually put upon myself. Oh, but Spaghetti. I feel like Palm Tree is better than Spaghetti. We knew a girl in college who went almost entirely by a nickname. Who's that? Sparky. Yeah, I don't even... Brittany was her... Brittany. Uh, but you're right. She was Sparky. Yeah, everyone called That's her Sparky. No one called her Brittany. No. Huh. And my girlfriend's roommate, his name is Jonathan. He goes by J-Law. That's true. I know. I like that. Yeah. Why don't I have an... So have you ever H-O. gone by an alias? I tried out Jack yeah. for a little bit. It just didn't... It, it didn't feel right. Jack, no. Jack Rowe. It's like wearing like a too starchy shirt or something. Just yeah, didn't... it wasn't... Well, I feel like... There were certain things John would do that Jack wouldn't do, you know, like yeah, no, you know, I can nominative see that. determinism. I was thinking, right. well, if my name was Jack, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do a John thing. I'm Jack. Dude, that's a good point. No, I totally understand that. Because I feel like your name maybe not affects but reflects on your personality in some way. It's what you've identified since the first time you started learning words. Yeah. Like so, I mean, if with a dog, one of the first things it learns is its name. And don't shit on the floor. <laughs> well, Stop. hopefully they learn that soon. Yeah. That, it doesn't always work that way. <laughs> Trust me, I have a th- uh, almost four... Well, since he he hasn't pooped in the house in a while, but I do have a four-year-old boxer who probably pooped the house a, a year back, maybe. A year so, back? Yeah. At the ripe old age of three. I know. that's Well, that's 21 in dog years. So you, you, and you, you, you know some like drunk guy in college has pooped somewhere where he wasn't supposed to. I have never shit the bed. And neither have I. the age of maybe... Hopefully ten. And actually, I don't think I've ever like I don't think I ever pissed myself when I was drunk in college. But I definitely have at least two friends that I, on the top of my mind that have pissed somewhere where they shouldn't went because they were drunk. Call that three. 
Okay, so there you go. So that's pretty much what Gus did a year ago in the living room. Okay. He was just being a drunk or just like a... He was drunk. Not drunk. Cause he Someone should take drunk. your dog I know. from you. <laughs> no, he wasn't drunk, but he was just being like a 21-year-old. Like He was just like being goofy and like was locked up in the apartment all day, so he had to take a shit and he did it in the living room. Okay. We should... Uh, so, Andrew Hickory Jackson. That's that's what it all boils down that to, right? That was his name. Andrew Hickory Jackson. Old Hickory. Old Hickory, the hero of Nolens or New Orleans. Do you know anything about him? I kind of like actually starting... What's your perspective right now on Andrew Jackson? Well, I learned a bit about Andrew Jackson in one of our other episodes where we did a little brief segment on Davy Crockett. Okay, right. And uh, I learned about... Well, I knew about the Indian Removal Act. Yep. Which is where the whole Trail of Tears thing, moving uh, Native Americans to right. a designated spot of the country. Right. And I know about him having slaves. Yes. So I'll just address those two right off the bat. Andrew Jackson was uh, definitely a huge... So he, Andrew Jackson, I should mention, he's the seventh president of the United States. Number seven. Lucky number Num- seven. Lucky number seven. He served from 1829 to 1837. This is definitely, you know, it's in between the American Revolution and the Civil War. The United States is expanding, and Andrew Jackson was definitely a huge part, a pivotal part of the Indian Removal Act and kind of the unfair negotiations that the United States made with these several tribes, Cherokee, uh, Seminole, those are really, and Creek. Um, those are the ones, as Floridians, those are kind of the ones that we know because many other tribes. I don't think there are any Cherokee here. I think some of the Cherokee were down here, but I really? could be wrong. I could be wrong. The many because because Andrew Jackson was involved with like thirty eight of these negotiations with tribes, which as we found out eventually, those those negotiations were all kind of like bullshit. It was just like a majority of those negotiations with the American tribes were were just ways to move them from one spot, and then we'd say you're you're this is yours, and then we'd be like, well, actually, you got to move further south or west. So all these negotiations, and many of them, again, Andrew Jackson was involved with 38 of them, kind of screwed the Native Americans over. Not, That's true. Not entirely a fair deal? Not entirely a fair deal, for sure. Um, it, it's interesting. I just recently hung out with a, a girl from Germany, and you know, she says how in Germany, you know, Nazism and Hitler is a huge stigma. You don't talk about it. And not, it's, I'm not comparing what we did to Native Americans to what the Nazis did. It's, they're not equal. It's apple, you know, it's, they're totally different things. But um, understand. It's, it's Maze and haagen Yeah, there you go. I like it. I like it. There you go. But yeah, and also he did own slaves. He was actually, in fact, the largest slaveholder in Tennessee at a time. He was a, a farmer or a uh, – not even a farmer because he wasn't actually farming. But, you know, a landholder <laughs> who, who had other people okay, farming. a landowner who owned farms. Yes. Yes, but honestly, so I don't even want to talk about that because I mean, not that it shouldn't be understood, that it should definitely be understood and people should understand the whole aspect of history, but I admire Andrew Jackson because he was simply a badass. He was a badass. He was an asshole, for sure, but he was a badass. He was a bad asshole. He was a bad asshole. <laughs> there you go. That's it. That's exactly how I peg Andrew Jackson. So Don't, don't peg his bad asshole, Andrew. <laughs> You're probably right. No. Don't do that, especially no. since he's dead. Dead, yeah, that would be like wrong on numerous fronts. I'm not going to cover Andrew Jackson's whole life. That's going to bore you to tears. I'm just going to go through some Spark Notes versions here, right? Okay. Uh, he's born in 1767, so this is 10 years before the American Revolution kind of, you know, fully sets off on the border of North and South Carolina. Now, only three weeks before he's born, his father dies. Ooh. How I mean, so what that are seems, the? It seems from the people we we spoken about so far yeah. on the show from that similar era. Yeah, dead fathers very early seem seem pretty common. Mortality was high, 
all sorts of things that can kill you, including the logging industry. His father died in the logging accident. And I can only imagine how a guy dies in 1767 in a logging accident. Imagine a tree falls on Yeah, you. right? Because, I mean, or someone they didn't a- have, like, water wheels to run power saws. So it's powered by water. Yeah. So they would have saws that were, like, you know, relatively fast going. A number of things could have killed him. But most likely, yeah, he's just out there in the forest with a, an axe. I hope he didn't fall asleep in front of the in front of a mechanical saw. Any number of things could have happened in 1767 at a logging camp or whatever. I mean, nowadays it's dangerous with the chainsaw. You ever watch Axeman on History Channel? I haven't. Okay, it's, it's a show about yeah. modern lumberjacks. But um, so poor old Andrew Jackson doesn't really know his father. Obviously, doesn't know his father. He's because he died before he was actually born. But um, so fast forward, Andrew Jackson serves during the American Revolution. He's uh, 13 years old okay. as a courier. Uh, so he's carrying around letters, carrying around orders, and he gets captured. And he gets sent aboard a prison ship. Now, I wanted to do some more research on these British prison ships because I heard they were like hell. I didn't have enough time, and I also didn't think it would be something to go off on a tangent on. But that's maybe something we want to address in future podcasts because what I've heard is these prison ships were terrible. I mean, Andrew Jackson got smallpox there. I'm sure numbers of them did. They were just these huge Hulk ships that stayed in the bays, and the prisoners were locked up inside of them. Oh my God! It's like a penal colony. It's like yeah. a floating well, penal it's colony. Like, but not. But in yes, yeah. But you got to think if one person on that ship gets smallpox, everyone is getting is smallpox. getting smallpox, right? Including Andrew Jackson's brother, who was also captured. Oh, were they together? I don't. They weren't together. That that's not what documentation said. But they were captured separately, and they both got smallpox. They were captured separately, and As, they were on. Were they on the same ship? I didn't that, see that. That would be a very, research. I want to say a happy coincidence, but it'd be a coincidence. Right. So luckily, uh, well, in between him um, getting captured, perhaps having smallpox, somewhere while he's being captured and getting smallpox, a British officer tries to get him to shine his boots. And Andrew Jackson pretty much goes, hey, fuck off. You know, I'm not going to do that. And so the officer uses his saber, slashes him, cuts him across the forehead and the wrist. And so that's like... The first time Andrew Jackson gets bloodied. He's like, you know, from an early age, he's turned into this old hickory, hardened by life. He's mm-hmm. captured at 13 years old and held aboard a prison ship and like slashed by this British officer. But either way, his luckily his mom, Elizabeth, you know, was a good lady and she had means to get them out, both Andrew and his brother Robert. Unfortunately, Robert died from the smallpox soon after. Wait, so her mom had some. His mom had some connections. She could, yes, she I do remember there were some connections. Or yes. is this more like a Forrest Gump type of situation? I don't know. Okay. I, I honestly think it was connections. From whatever, if I again, if I recall what I read correctly, she did have some kind of connection oh, with okay. the Brit. That's lucky. That's yes. Good. Yes. And and also you you almost have to think that there there may have you know there were it's not like the British were evil like I'm absolutely certain the the British are not evil right there we but go but there are always assholes everywhere no you're right so especially a board prison ship like if a if a British officer slashed me in the face with a sword unless right. the other British officers were displaying similar levels of aggression I yeah. wouldn't hold it against the nation right no so uh, let's fast forward a few years. Andrew Jackson eventually gets mar- married to a woman named Rachel Donaldson. Now, this be- th- this is important. I'm not just mentioning him getting married for no reason. Rachel had been previously married to this other guy. He was a captain, Captain Lewis Robards. But either way, this captain was abusive, and so they were getting a divorce. Now, isn't that amazing? At least I think it's amazing. It seems like I can think of 
TV shows in the 40s and 50s that like celebrated domestic violence, like uh, Straight to the Moon, right? One of these One days. One of these days, yeah, right? So, but but the even face. in the 1790s, it almost makes you wonder how bad was his husband that it even his so... abuse was reported and allowed a judge to be like, okay, yeah, she needs a divorce. Like she couldn't even vote her own land at the time. Exactly. And this was like, no, this is it. Yeah, yeah. So he must have been a real asshole in order for a divorce to be possible. So Jackson marries her, but it turns out the divorce papers weren't properly filed. And so it became this huge controversy that Jackson was married to this woman who was technically still married. Oh, that's no yes. good. That's no, no good no, Puritan would, society. No, it would come up, uh, unfortunately, later on. So Jackson, he's this very angry man. He's got a, a strong temperament, and he's all about honor. Like, he's strictly by honor. Like when like he cling on. Is that what I'm? I'm not enough of a Trekkie. Unfortunately, I would love to be. It's on Netflix. I know. I need. To, I need to watch it. I definitely agree. But I'm assuming they're like all honored. So kind of like the Samurai Code. Yeah, they're like space samurai. Okay, cool. And Jackson. And again, another reason I think he's badass. I love the samurai. I think uh, Andrew Jackson was this like very much into honor. Uh, sometimes to a fault. Definitely to a fault. Like when it came to mutineers, he'd have them executed immediately. If you betray your post, if you betray the army. You're executed. Well, that's that's Navy law, isn't it? If you mutiny, that's like a capital offense. Yeah, he wasn't in the Navy, but as I okay. would, would imagine, yeah. I mean, I think any branch at that time, probably. You're probably right. So, number of occasions he had to defend his wife's honor because of this, this you know, relationship that was kind of... Great. Okay, because some jackass was spray painting nasty messages about her on the on the water exactly. tower. That's, yes. such, that's such an American thing. Some Isn't redneck it? climbing the water tower to spray paint something stupid up there. That's right. Exactly. Barbara's um, fat. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Andrew Jackson in total had reported 103 duels with people. 103 duels. I imagine these were pistol duels. Pistols and swords were the two major main things used. Okay. But 103, the, one of the main ones that's most reported on, the ones that's most known about, is this uh, duel with a guy, an attorney named Dickinson. There was bad blood between these two guys. An attorney? An attorney. Was, it, was he his attorney? No, Andrew Jackson was also a lawyer. Oh, Pretty okay. much all the politicians at this time were from the law field. Law? Okay, yeah. so he's like, I should have won that case. Yeah. Draw. It, it, that's right. No, pretty much Dickinson and Andrew Jackson, had, there was a disagreement about a horse race. A lot of uh, historians believe that was the main cause of the draw, but Dickinson went on to write a an article in the newspaper like defaming Rachel, Andrew's wife. Uh, pretty much calling the relationship wrong or whatever. He wrote like an editorial in the town paper? Uh, dude, this is, a, this is a common theme with this... Uh, time period from what I've read is they would all write these articles talking shit. I mean, these were broadsides. Just you put out your your opinion, no matter how stupid it is. Were the papers hurting for writers so bad they just took anybody who wanted to write any old shit? Yes, dude. Because you have to think that I mean, the only way you're getting news is by letter. The telegraph isn't yet invented, so the only way you're getting news is by by letter. So your news is very localized. So you know everything that's going on in your town, like Fort Myers. Fort Myers News was just what's going on in Fort Myers. So if like Peggy Sue was out there banging some dudes, like that would be in the news, and like that woman would suddenly become ostracized for this. Oh, and yeah. that's what happened with poor Rachel, Andrew's wife. This is like a high schooler's Facebook page. Yes, yes, exactly. So of course Andrew Jackson's like, no, fuck that, we're dueling. <laughs> and Dickinson was actually known as an expert marksman. 
because Dickinson was the um, defender or the, you know, he was being accused, mm-hmm. he got to choose the weapon. So, of course, he chooses pistols. Andrew Jackson's got a strategy. This guy's good with the pistol. I'm going to let him shoot first. Hopefully, he's so nervous, he's going to miss. So, sure enough, Dickinson pulls... Oh, hold on, hold on. His, his, <laughs> his strategy <laughs> is to let the other expert marksman get a shot off. Dude, Andrew Jackson's a badass. Or he's an idiot. He's a I'm, lucky idiot. I don't know, man. I think it's cool. He was... Pr- well, because he figures I'm not going to be able to... If I'm nervous with him shooting, I'm not going to get a good shot off, and I'm definitely not going to hit him. He's going to hit me whether I like it or not. And so if I just let him shoot, maybe he'll miss, and then I'm going to get a chance to just level my gun and aim carefully, and then bam. Unless your head is gone. Yes. But Andrew Jackson was an old hickory. He's willing to take that risk. So did the guy <laughs> shoot him? Did he get a shot? Yes. Or Hits he... him in the chest. So the plan just a little bit backfired there. Yes. Yeah, because it would turn out that the wound would like cause him suffering and health issues throughout his life. But he survived the shot to his chest. It was actually inches from his heart, so the doctor wasn't able to remove it. So the bullet literally stayed in his chest for the rest of his life, and that's what caused these uh, further issues. But Dickinson says, my God, did I miss him? Because Andrew Jackson just stands there, you know, maybe wobbles a little bit, maybe grabs his chest, but then levels his gun and shoots off a, a mortal bullet. So just in case you're curious, like, that's the rules of the duel, is each person is allowed to take a shot. So even if one doesn't get that shot off, the other guy's got to stand in place. So that's how that duel went. Did Jackson? He was also practicing law at this time. Seventeen ninety. No? Y- yes, this is he's, a, he's or, and he's law? also dabbling in. in so he's twenty. Okay, I'm building up to a point that was he practicing law? Yes, I'm sure. So did he get the dead guy's clients? No. After the duel, is that how it works? No. That'd be awesome. No, like, it was just about honor. Like you have a really good client list, man. I mean, it could be. Who knows? He could have then. I challenge you to a duel. I don't think that's how it worked, and that was definitely wasn't his aim. I want the Johnson yeah. account. Right. I need that doubt. Yeah. So shortly after the duel, duel uh, the doctor who's examining Jackson, he says, I don't see how you stayed on your feet after that wound. And Jackson replies, I would have stu- stood up long enough to kill him even if he had put a bullet in my brain. <laughs> so like that's how much of a, again, how much but, of a badass he was. He says that, and that's cool. But I in know. reality. If he had put it in his brain, he wouldn't have been able to shoot. No, yeah. unless all the muscles in his body twitched at and, the moment of his death. And, but then we wouldn't know shit about Andrew Jackson. So that's true. I mean, that's how this is how heroes are made, right? It's somebody's hero, certainly. No, I understand. Again, I understand. He Some definitely people might call him a despot. I don't know, man. I feel like being POTUS, president of the United States, just respect the position. And yes, again, he was tied with some really terrible stuff but he was also he was anti-slavery towards the end he was anti-secession i know i'm not trying to defend him andrew after after my segment on tonight's show yeah that respect given to the position might not be be. entirely there anymore okay fair enough that's a good point we should hold him to the same standard maybe that we hold ourselves that's 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 a good point uh let's andrew jackson was also a firefighter but uh i'm going to Skip past that. You can look it up if you're interested. He pretty much put out this fire in Jonesboro, uh, Tennessee, and had and then ended up getting in a fight with a, a drunk coppersmith because the coppersmith was trying to organize the firefighting and <laughs> couldn't do it because he was supposedly drunk. And so Andrew Jackson said it, stepped in, and he solved the issue. And the guy got angry at him, and so Andrew Jackson grabbed a bucket of water and threw it on him. So like, 
Get out of here. You're yeah, drunk. I'm glad somebody documented that. I'm yeah. glad somebody wrote that down. Well, because that was another case. Like, Andrew Jackson was good about, like, building up his name. Okay. I mean, he knew he was in politics, so he would put himself out there. And it's possible that that story is apocryphal. Like, he may have not been as heavily involved. But that town of, of Jonesboro, Tennessee, has plaques. And, like, they really, even to this day, like, kind of honor Andrew Jackson for putting out this fire. So you said he was very good at building up his own image in a way. Yeah. I find that oddly parallel to Davy Crockett's talent of doing the same thing back when we talked about him a few episodes ago. Right. And it's they, they so far, besides the upbringing, yeah. well, they both had terrible childhoods, but they right. sound kind of similar. I love that you keep mentioning his name. Just wait. He's going to come into this story. Oh, no. Yeah, he is. From the other side. That's right. Let me real quick mention he's known as the hero, hero of New Orleans. This is because during the War of 1812, Jackson led U.S. troops during the Battle of New Orleans, right? And it was uh, a really... A great victory for the U.S. British outnumbered us two, uh, three to two. So the British were holding New Orleans at this I, point? I believe it was the British within New Orleans and Andrew Jackson was leading it. I mean, I have to assume yes. That's that's almost certainly what it was, but I can't say with complete... They were everywhere around that time. Yeah. They still had... I, 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 yeah, I have to believe, but, but again, I can't 100% guarantee that. But either way, um, British outnumbered the United States 3-2, to two, yet the U.S. only suffered 71 casualties versus the British suffering 2,000, 2,037 to be exact. Oh my God. So was, was... Andrew Jackson spanked them. And they caused so, 2,000 casualties? So you, now, what, casualties includes captured, wounded, and dead. Okay. So you have to think, when they say casualty, the majority of numbers of casualties are actually prisoners. Um, you know, whole regiments would just throw down their weapons and raise their hands. You know? Okay. Like, they know they can't run. They're just going to get shot. So, But either way, it's an amazing victory for the United States. Gives uh, Andrew Jackson the nickname, not only the hero of New Orleans, but also that nickname, Old Hickory. Because he's hard as Old Hickory. Okay, cool. So, actually, I was curious if you were going to ask me about hickory, so I like, did some looking on hickory. It's really good for smoking and barbecue. I want to try that one day when we do barbecue. Have you ever barbecued with hickory? We can try it. We I should mean, try there's, it. There's a grill outside your place, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We should try it one day, see what old hickory tastes like. Oh, he's also involved with the Seminole Indian War. He's act, in, in my opinion, he helped bring Florida into the United States. We're Floridians. I think that's kind of cool. I think James Monroe bought Florida on paper. That's correct, but Andrew Jackson like first went into Pensacola illegally. He did. <laughs> he that's took right. over Pensacola that's illegally right. and then killed two British guys uh, who were helping aiding the Indians fight the Americans. That, that's and what so, it was. Yeah. So Andrew Jackson kind of like forced the United States to like he annexed Pensacola. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you know, in my opinion, yes, it's an asshole move, but <laughs> hey, it's a badass. He move. invaded. He invaded a foreign country. Yeah. Is what he did. He did. You're, yes. An asshole. But a badass. He kind of becomes celebrated for that. And then during the presidential election of 1828, what do his rivals call him? A jackass. Did you know this? I didn't know they called him a jackass. They called him a jackass, and then he endeared it. He was like, yeah, sure, I'm stubborn as a mule. I'm a jackass. Hence, he uses the mule as his symbol. And then um, about 50 years later, a guy named, I believe it was Thomas Nast, he reinstitutes that jackass, that donkey, as the symbol for the Democratic Party. Um, now, Nast also popularized uh, Uncle Sam, which you mentioned earlier. He didn't create the image of Uncle Sam, you know, the guy with the top hat and the mustache, but he mm-hmm. popularized it. So. Okay. It was just sort kind of, the, of a little... the term, the idea. Yeah, the idea. So Andrew Jackson really brought about that whole Democratic mascot, if you will. Andrew Jackson's not only the seventh president, but he's the first president who was assaulted, 
This guy who he uh, dismissed from the United States Navy uh, punched him once. Andrew Jackson didn't press charges. I thought that was kind of cool. He was also the first president to have his to have an assassination attempt. And what, really? what I thought Nobody was else of, tried to kill him before that. <laughs> tried to kill him particularly, oh, or uh, any uh, other presidents. Yeah, presidents. Yeah, the first six. You know, what's funny is the source I read said the only one that we know of. Okay. So he's the first have an assassination attempt, and it's this this like unemployed laborer. Uh, named Lewis or Lawrence, who was just crazy. He uh, pretty much is in a crowd at outside the state capital, U.S. state capitol building, and uh, pulls a gun, aims at Jackson, pulls the trigger, misfires. <laughs> Guess what? He's got two. Pulls the second one, shoots, misfires. Oh, he couldn't load his guns right. That's yeah, that's certainly possible. They also said that it was particularly humid that day or something. But either way, both pistols misfire. According to a legend, Andrew Jackson went at and at him and cracked him uh, with his own cane before he tried to run away, and then was tackled by a bunch of guys, including Davy Crockett. Davy Crockett actually tackled this guy who tried to shoot Andrew Jackson. So I thought that was kind of that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah kind of bad. Considering how much he hated Andrew Jackson. Right, right. Jackson eventually would retire. Even during his retirement, he was kind of outspoken. He was against the banks, which I thought was kind of cool. He was very much, you know, down with the big banks. I can really dig that. And uh, actually, the last day of his uh, time in office is quoted as saying, I have but two regrets, that I was unable to shoot Henry Clay or to hang John C. Calhoun. Uh, Henry Clay was a guy who he had run against earlier, Mm -hmm. and Calhoun was actually his VP. Uh, but both guys he hated because both guys were from different parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Calhoun was like very pro-slavery again. And interesting. Andrew Jackson during his presidency suffered. Uh, it was was faced secession from South Carolina. So before the Civil War, South Carolina was already trying to secede on account of the tariff of abominations. I thought that was kind of <laughs> funny. And there was also the Petticoat Affair, where this other the Secretary of War's wife was being ostracized by the other ladies in the White House, and Andrew Jackson supported her and her husband. Because like his wife had also gone through that. By this point, his wife is dead. But he supports this this secretary, this unpopular secretary of war, because his wife's honor is being tarnished. Okay. And it kind of becomes a, a big issue. It becomes an affair. And that's Andrew Jackson. That's Andrew Jackson. Fantastic. When did he die? So Andrew Jackson would end up dying in 1845. 1845. 1845. At the ripe old age of. So Andrew Jackson dies at the ripe old age of. 78. So Andrew Jackson dies at the old age of 78, presumably not from another duel. No, but from complications from previous... I mean, the, suppose, according to one source, he had multiple bullet fragments in his body. He had bronchitis, like perpetual bronchitis, like building up of, of fluids in his lungs. Okay. And, beca- and uh, just numerous problems, especially because of that duel with Dickinson. So, so but really, seventy-eight. That's not too bad for one hundred and three so, duels. So, if he died of like complications from these accidents, or not accidents, wounds, dual yes. wounds, could he have kept on trucking past seventy-eight? I mean, he seems like a pretty good yeah. age back then. Yes, I mean he's old hickory, dude. Old hickory. Yeah. That's Again, right. an asshole, but a badass. A bad asshole. Yeah, a bad asshole. Well, that is Andrew Jackson. It's Andrew Jackson. Very cool. Well, let's uh, let's get in the time machine and shoot forward a little while. Yeah. All right. Now that we've done Andrew Jackson, Mr. Andrew Jackson, the old salty willow himself. Hickory, but yeah. <laughs> That's right, the old salty hickory. <laughs> yeah. I want to tell you about our our fantastic 29th president. Okay. Jackson was seven? 
Jackson was number seven. Number seven. Now we're going to Warren G. Warren G. Warren G. Regulate was number twenty nine. Oh, all right. Warren G. Harding, not Warren G. The hip hop producer. I'm assuming I don't. I mean, I know of the name, but honestly, I can't recall a Warren G. song. Was the Regulators one of his songs? Yeah, Regulate. Bum, bum, bum. Okay. We're gonna get a copyright complaint. I think we're gonna keep doing <laughs> yes. that. Okay. Yeah. Just a little. Yeah. Had, uh, e- e- and, and is e- he named after Warren G. Harding? I don't know. You know. It might be a coincidence. He's just a big fan of Warren G. Harding. Maybe. Are there any Maybe. similarities, as far as you know, between your guy and uh, the rapper and Warren G. Harding? I don't know much. I'm sorry, not Warren G. Harding. That's the president. Yeah. Warren G. The the, the rapper, the rapist. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, maybe we'll have to do a follow up. About oh, Orange the, the Rapper. <laughs> on the whole G-Funk movement yeah, in California right. in the late 80s, early 90s. That's right. Yeah. That's right. All right. Well, so tell me about Warren G. Harding. Warren G. Harding. <laughs> he was our 29th president. He served from 1921 to 1923. What a short run. He died in office. So he only was in there for three years. For three years. So at least he wasn't just a complete shyster of a president. Well... His election was definitely unusual. Before he became president, before the age of 20, mm-hmm. he bought a newspaper called the Marion Star, yeah. which at that time was a kind Georgia? of... Georgia? Ohio. Ohio, okay. That's where, it's where he was from. It's where he spent most of his life, in rural Ohio. Farm boy. He bought this newspaper, and he turned it, which was a sort of a, a struggling newspaper, into a successful business. And that's how... He made most of his money. After that, he decided to get into politics. He served in the Ohio Senate for multiple terms, and then he was lieutenant governor for a short while after that. So he was, a, he was kind of a big deal yeah. in the great state of Ohio, which, you know, whatever that means. Well, it's a swing state now. I don't know it is, how it, it is was a swing back state. Then, it, I think it was also a swing, swing state, state back, back then, then because that was okay. a big part of him getting the Republican nomination. You know, Ohio has produced, like, a crazy amount of number of presidents, astronauts. A lot of famous people have come out of Ohio for some reason. They'll do anything to get out of Ohio. <laughs> it's true. Get as whatever, far away from Ohio. Whatever they can. Get me into space, please. Which is why it's where you don't have so many native, you don't have so many famous Floridians. Because people want to get out of Florida? I want to get out of Florida. Don't you one day? No. No, I you want to stay, you yeah, want to stay here in the... Maybe move out of this area, but I'm, no, I love Florida, man. I can't move south of, or north of Florida, sorry. North or of, south of Florida, actually. You know, Cuba? Puerto Rico? No, no. Hawaii? No, this, Florida to me is the perfect... It's home? Yeah, it's home. Warren G. Harding called the great state of Ohio home. Okay. And he didn't really want to run for the Republican ticket. For presidency, there were other people who were who were more popular, and he decided to th- just kind of throw his hat in. Now, the reason he was nominated—well, not nominated, but declared a candidacy for the Republican nomination—is because he was an old guard Republican. Okay. The other folks who were running were much more progressive for that time, and the party elders wanted somebody more like good old-fashioned Warren G. Harding. Farm boy from Ohio. Okay. So they put his name in. Now, I might be asking you a question that's out of your league here. I, don't, I apologize. Sh- harsh. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, be, just like my, my person, I didn't study everything around him. So mm-hmm. I'm like, was this a term of steady Republicans from... Well, let's, sure let's, let's see here. The previous president before him was Woodrow Wilson. Also a Democrat? And he was a Democrat. Or a Democrat, okay. I think that this may have been after... And they wanted to get away from Wilson? 
I suppose. Go yeah. to an old guard Republican? Yeah, well, that's what the party wanted. That's right. what the RNC wanted. Okay. They wanted an old guard Republican like Cardin. Like Warren G. Hardin. Like Warren G. Hardin. Someone who just shoots from the hip, says what he's thinking. Exactly. And he actually almost withdrew from the Republican primary while he was still running in it because he wasn't going to win. Huh. He just wasn't going to win. The other candidates were more popular. There was a man named Wood and a man named Loden who were running against him in the RNC. And they were both both much, much more popular. The other nominees actually should have won. Wow. One of them, at least. Yeah. At the time of the Republican National Convention, where they all meet up to pick who who their nominee is going to be for the party Mm -hmm. to run for president, Wood had 314 delegates. Loden had 289. Right. Our boy, Warren G., had 65 and a half. <laughs> How did he get a half of one? I, I have no idea. <laughs> so one guy was like, no. I will, uh, you know, maybe I'll vote for him. Uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, maybe I'm feeling uh, one. Maybe, maybe, I'm, feel maybe I'm feeling Warren G. That's amazing. He got a half. But they needed 493 yes, so this to is secure a, the nomination. That's amazing. And that's what could possibly happen. This is very, this is very relative to our current 2016 election. This is why when, very I, did, interesting. when I was doing my research, I decided to focus more on this part. Yeah, this is of totally because right now we're going through this contentious election. Because honestly, Andrew, his presidency was kind of uneventful. I mean, <laughs> I mean he did some stuff with disarmament after World War One. He didn't like the League of Nations. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, which is which is I totally believe in. Like, don't get involved with. I'm an isolationist. Just, <laughs> personally, I'll put it out there. Okay. I believe in just not getting involved. And he was... He, he was also... He, he didn't yeah. want anything to do with the League of Nations, at least in awesome. his current state. Right, right. He actually didn't sign... I believe it's the Treaty of Versailles that ended yep. World War One. Yeah. So technically, after the end of World War One, we the U.S. Still... was still at war nice. with Germany and, uh, I believe, Austria. And that was because he didn't want to sign that. Nice. Because he didn't like the League of Nations. I like Warren. Yeah, well... Good old Warren. Now I like him so far, I guess. When it got down to the convention, the Republican National Convention, it was time to pick who their nominee was going to be. Harding was down to 65. A, a clear 200 points underneath the next highest person. Right. But the party elders really wanted Warren G. They liked him. To be their nominee. They liked that he was an old guard, more of a staunch Republican. Right. And at this time, this meant more... Financially conservative than it does social conservative. Okay. So when I say the other guys were more progressive, they were more progressive on those sorts of issues as opposed to the issues we consider progressive today. Correct. All right. And and I, I'm actually in support of that. Yeah. I, I believe in social. Well, you're also an isolationist, so there's a trend emerging. <laughs> it's true. Now on June 11th to 12th, something occurred. That in history is called the smoke-filled room. Ooh, it sounds like a a film I've seen once. Doesn't that sound? (laughs) (laughs) What kind of films you're watching? But Republican legend has it that the party. I like how the Republican Party has its own like lore. Yeah, its (laughs) own lore. Yeah, that is cool. Into that, the Freemasons. Yeah. Now legend has it that the party elders forced the convention to nominate Harding. John, you're going to have to straighten up a few things here. Okay. <laughs> Who are the party elders? Is this like six guys in robes sitting at a table? 
And like the, the, the RNC chair, I guess like what Rance Priebus is today. Rance Priebus walks in and then the elders go, you must elect Hardeen. And they're going to, they're saying that now that's going to happen to uh, what the governor of Wisconsin, um, Wisconsin guy, Paul Ryan. Oh, he already accepted that. Paul Ryan already accepted the Republican Speaker of the House. Yeah, and they believe that he might be elected president. He's not even running in the primary. That's right, but that can still happen. If the party elders want him to be elected, he could still be elected. Oh my goodness. Some people just, are they, saying they that. They just make their delegates yeah, vote for him. Yeah, if, if if it goes to a brokered convention, anyone's fair game for those delegates. Oh my goodness. Yeah, there's, there's talk, but uh, again, you know, hearsay, we'll call it. But I digress. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Well, more and more, par- more and more parallels. That's right. This is That's back right. in the 20s. Yeah. The party elders decide to, well, at least legend has it, force the convention to nominate Harding. And they did that because they considered the other candidates to have too many liabilities. Okay. Too many personal scandals. Ooh. Too weak right. to run against the Democratic nominee. Nominee. I see. Any specifics or... On their liabilities? Yeah, on their liabilities. No, but I have a few for Harding. Oh, even Harding had liabilities? Oh, yeah. Wait, so and he was the pick of the litter? He was the pick... Well, let's see what happened. Okay, please. Hang tight. I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. According to the legend, the prophecy, Harding was called, sent for, in the wee hours of the morning on the 12th, and was asked very quietly... If there was anything wrong with his background that might harm his candidacy, harm his campaign in a general election. Someone, like, in the middle of the night, you said? like In the wee hours of the morning. Okay. In the wee so, hey, hours. Hey, Warren G., you got, you got any, like, dirt on your... You got, any clo- you got any skeletons in your closet? And Warren G., Warren G. said, no. Nah, bitch. No, I do not. All right. He had had at least one verifiable extramarital affair up to that point. So, lying. Yeah, outright lying. Now, again, you know, I, I don't like to justify history. I like to help understand it and explain it. A lot of powerful men at that time, having mistresses wasn't... Wives would often just accept it. it. It doesn't justify it. It was a terrible thing, I think, you know, but it was part of that chauvinistic society. Misogynist. Misogynist society. Was having a mistress wasn't... It wasn't unusual. It was yes, expected Especially if you were a, by a powerful, a powerful person. Yeah. And so. who, who has the time or the money to have a mistress? That's <laughs> no, crazy. It's people who have a ton of money. And at some point, once you have so much money, your money just makes you money. That's true. Yeah. My but brother... Even, though, even I, that, I, I don't have the desire. Like, I... Yeah. Enjoy the company of my girlfriend. At the same time, I also enjoy the company of myself. And any more than that. And I any, oh, I see. So you're not talking about necessarily financial investment as much as time and energy investment, which I totally yeah. agree. And dating is also... I don't, ha- I don't have enough time for two girls. <laughs> I don't know if I have enough like social energy, emotional energy. D- dating is expensive. Dating can be expensive, John. Dating can be expensive. But I think that only if you make it. I mean, we're in the 21st century now. I think it's... Totally acceptable to go Dutch with a girl and... On the first couple dates, yeah. I think... Offer them a treat. I don't know. I think uh, the German women prefer going Dutch. They do not like having a man pay for their meals. I like how you said the German women prefer going Dutch. (laughs) I know. It's true. I'm sorry. I guess I shouldn't use that term. German women prefer sharing the bill. Yeah. 
So, okay, back to Mr. Seuss. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. That's okay. He just, at, at the time when they asked him that question. Right. He said, he nah, said no. He said, no, of course not. You already had at least one verifiable. verifiable. And the media knew about it by that point? No. Okay. No, we found out about it a bit later, like everything. I see. G. Oh, it came out later. Okay. Much later. Gotcha. As these backdoor meetings were going on, Harding was so uncertain. Like, he, he saw the vote because he had 65 delegates out of... 493. I'm not going to win It's not going to happen. He so, had given up by that point. Exactly. So he filed for re-election to the Senate. At the same time, he was running for the nomination. <laughs> At the end of the Republican National Convention, Andrea, Warren G. Harding had 672 delegates. Wait, how many were there in total? They needed 493. Holy cow. Like I said, the party elders coerced everyone. They had that much... Pool. Mm-hmm. They got them all, but I guess at a certain point, the ones that I don't think it was all. Like, uh, I think they had about eighty percent. But still, that's an, a huge proportion. Yeah. Well, the convention was dragging on a little bit. The delegates wanted to leave. They'd been there so long, right? Time to and home. they were racking up pretty large hotel bills. Oh, so they were just like, "Screw it! I want to go home. Let's just all go for Harding." Exactly. That's like, so funny. They just got tired of it. Whatever you want. We've been here for three days. I'm like I'm breaking the bank on this goddamn hotel down the street. Do you happen to know what time of time of the year this would be? I guess the time of the year it is now, right? Because ours it was is it was in June. Okay, so June in Washington D.C. I believe the convention was actually someplace. Oh, else. you're right. Sometimes conventions are elsewhere. I believe it. But you know, either yeah. way, June is a hot time of the year, no matter where. And this is before air conditioning. Yeah, they, they just want to go home. They wanted to leave. That's funny. So, very quickly, a representative from Oregon threw out Calvin Coolidge's name. Oh. Like, what about Coolidge? You know, the Silent Cow. What about Coolidge? And the convention was like, fine, whatever. He won by he won the vice presidential nomination by more delegates than Harding won the president That's nomination because they were just fine, whatever. And a man named James Morgan wrote an article in the Boston Globe saying the delegates would not listen to remaining in Chicago over Sunday. Okay, so that's where it was, Chicago. Chicago. Okay. He continued, the president makers did not have a clean shirt. On such things turn the destiny of nations. That's amazing. They were out of clean clothes. They were racking up bells. They wanted to go home and thus... The fate of the nation. Shin. Yeah. Was just rolled out there. Holy cow. Thank God he died at, in only three years. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. That's terrible. He actually wasn't a but very bad, bad president. president. Like I said, uh, most of his policies went over very well. Okay. Like disarmament after yeah. World War One. No, you're right. You're right. I shouldn't say he, that. Um, let's see here. U.S., Britain, and Japan all agreed to cut down on their navies right. by variable amounts. And Harding was widely applauded for that, for passing that legislation. Right. Now, back to the presidency. He got this nomination. He was certain he wasn't going to get because he had 65 votes. Right. He went on to win the general election. Okay. With over 60% of the popular vote. Well done. Which is the largest margin since the evolution of the two-party system. Even today? I think at the time it was oh, the, it was the, oh, it was the largest margin since okay. they okay. developed that. I'm not sure. Sixty percent is a whole lot. You think? Usually it's down a little tighter than that. Really? Yeah. 
Because the okay. nation is split pr- pretty evenly between the parties. I never, okay. Which yeah. is why it's, it's a race. Yeah. The Democratic candidate won 30%. I'm sorry, 34% of the vote. So he got crushed. Yeah. And the socialist candidate, a man you may have heard of named Eugene V. Debs. Yeah, I've heard of him. He won 3% of the vote while he was campaigning in federal prison, serving a sentence for opposing the war. That's amazing. Good for him. Yeah. That's awesome. He was running his campaign. And he still got 3%. Yeah, he was running his campaign. From Good a federal prison because he didn't want to go to war. That's so cool. I'm way into that. Yeah. Huh. So that was that was the that was the campaign. Yeah. The 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 shysty sort of back deal having campaign. Right. Of yeah. Warren G. Harding. Hmm. But by by all accounts, if the delegates had had their way, if they had voted the way the system was designed for them to vote, right. Our president may have been a man named Wood. President Wood. President Wood. That would have been like... So the President Warren G. Harding. Yeah, I'm glad we went with Warren G. Yeah. I'm into that. Now, he also had um, a few scandals occur after he died. Well, not occur. Come to light after he died. Okay. A few of them were were pretty damning. There was one called the, the, the Teapot Dome. Oh, that was involved with the oil? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That scandal, that that oil scandal, misappropriating yep. oil from a navy fund or something yeah. like that, embezzlement on some level. Yeah, and, and getting funds. And after his death, it came to lay that Warren G was directly implicated in that. Yeah. Now he also had a bit of a stalker, a stalker turned mistress. Ah. A young lady named Nana Popham Britton. That's her name. Nana, Nana. Papa. Nana Popham. Oh, Popham. Nana Popham Britton. Nan, okay. Nan Britton, okay. she was called. Okay. And she was his mistress. She was, I believe, 16 when she first kind of met him. And she always loitered near the Marion Star, his his newspaper that he bought. I see. In hopes to find oh, it. So she met him early, before he was president? He was a friend of her father's. Ah. So she was much younger than him. Sixteen, and he was. I mean, at the do you time, know what the age difference was well, just she, roughly. Well, she was born in eighteen ninety six, and she died in nineteen ninety one. And he, wow, that's a year after I was born. And he, he died that's in nineteen twenty three. Holy cow! So she was. Wait a second. What year was he born? He was born. Let's, do, let's figure this out because this is interesting. He was born in... 1865. 1865, and she was born in 1896. Like 30 years? So 30, roughly 30 roughly years. Roughly 30 years older than her. Ugh. And she was his mistress. 16, he was 46. It's weird, but... I mean, it's weird. No, you can't You can't defend that, really. <laughs> now, speaking of that, we got to defend that. He, he made it worse. Oh, he got, don't tell me, John. He got that girl pregnant. <laughs> At 16? In 1918. Okay. He got her pregnant. And she had a daughter. <sighs> now, according to her, Harding had promised to support her daughter. But he died in right. 1923, shortly after making that obligation. Oh, no. And his wife refused to honor it. She's like, I'm not giving you money for my, for my husband's love child. No. That kind of happened to Henry Ford. Did it? Yeah, he had a mistress and a, a bastard son, I guess you'd say, an out, out of extramarital son. And the wife, yeah. 
<laughs> so that was just a few of the standards. There were many more that came out okay. after he died. Yeah. Of this sort of shady stuff he's done and these morally... I want to say repugnant, because that's not... Morally ambiguous? Morally... Not not morally correct, like you'd expect an old guard Republican to be. I see. Was having a mistress really not old guard? I mean, maybe the old guard Republicans had mistresses. Knocking up a 17-year-old. I, I, again, Henry Ford did it. I mean, I think some of these tycoons... Let's not let Henry Ford be our litmus. No, I understand, I understand, but I just... No, I understand, I understand. But what I'm saying is just like... I mean, from ancient times, probably up until the nineteen shit forties, fifties, sixties, even it was like it, I think it was just more commonly accepted for a man to have an extramarital child and like ha- pay um, child support in an unofficial way. I I, and again, I I'm not justifying. I don't it. like that. I understand. I understand. But we're in 2016. I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying I think it was a part. Of his culture, in my opinion. Okay, I can understand that. Right. Well, that was our boy Warren, Warren G. and his sort of crazy election and his uneventful presidency, and then his crazy downfall. Downfall, posthumous downfall. Yeah, exactly. Post death downfall. Yeah, it's interesting. And even more scandals have come out too that I haven't. I didn't, there, there was just right. so many. I didn't have time to write them all oh, down. Poor before guy, he came over. he's getting defamed after yeah. he died. Well, during his presidency, he was very well regarded by the people. Right, they thought he was one of their better presidents so in I a long it's... time. And after these scandals came out, as of a few years ago, there was a post about a, a paper about the most the best presidents, mm-hmm. and he always ranks in the in the lower part of the bottom half now. Huh. Because of the scandals. Mostly but, the, the, was it called the teapot? The teapot scandal. Yeah. But but as far as running the country... So he, guess... was, he was stealing from the government right. a little okay. bit. Okay, I see. And by all accounts, shouldn't have been the nomination. Right. Because they were running out of clean shirts. They were running out of clean <laughs> shirts and they just wanted to go home. Yeah. And parting, fine, whatever. Coolidge? Who? Yeah. Fine. It's exactly. Huh. That's so interesting. That's, um, huh. That is yeah. that. Andrew, did you do your taxes? I did. You did? I did. I, I did them earlier today. We recorded this on the 18th. So I did of them April? Of April. So I did them a few hours ago. And when do they do? April 21st? or Midnight. Tonight? Yeah. Oh, they are due today. Yeah. Did you do huh? them? Yeah, I did them like oh, a few months back. Oh, you're fine. That's funny, though. You, you're cutting it close. I'm 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 always a, a last minute kind of guy. Yeah, it sounds like it. Uncle Sam, Uncle Sam needs his dues. That's right. He does need his money. He does. So like all those delegates, I'm sure everybody else is ready to go home now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, I had a good time with you. Um, hope you enjoyed the show. Again, this has been the Broadsides. I am John, and I'm Andrew. And if you want to reach out to us, we're on Twitter at the Broadsides. Our email is thebroadsides at post.com, and we have a Facebook page. Just type in the broadsides. You'll see our, our logo. That'll about wrap it, wrap it up here. Again, I hope you guys all enjoyed it. I hope you guys have a great evening. And uh, Well, this can be listening to this in the morning as they drive to work. That's right. Hope you have a good morning, a good okay. afternoon, a good evening. Have a good day or night. <laughs>